And good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Cosmic Genia podcast. It is I, Dia Danu Elishmar. Today is a very special episode. I have my mother with me today. I've been trying to get her to come on and be interviewed because I've received a lot of questions regarding what does my mother think? What what are my mother's experiences? What What's that like? So I've received a lot of questions over the duration of my journey. And I finally wanted to offer her voice to the experience of the conversation. And it's going to be a really mellow interview. It's, it's you know, a mother-daughter conversation. And I will be sharing it with the greater community. So this isn't, um, you know, like a, a professional suit and tie type of thing. And only the audio will be available because we're both in our comfort spaces. So if you have any questions after you've listened to this podcast, you are more than welcome to send them in at dia at cosmogenia.com. That's D-I-Y-A at C-O-S-M-O-G-E-N-I-A.com. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you my mother, Karen. Hang on. I'm trying to, you have to unmute yourself, mom. Hi. Oh, there you go. Hi, mom. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> How is your Sunday going? It's going good so far. That's Having good. breakfast. Well, breakfast at two o'clock in the afternoon. I love it. Brunch. <laughs> Doesn't matter. That would sometimes it's it's the same time of day, West Coast time, uh, that I would have my first meal at two o'clock in the afternoon. So today, Mom, um, it's 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 a light conversation, and as we've discussed before, I just want you to talk about your your path up to now, like how you arrived now, spiritually speaking, um, you know, say as much as you'd like to say. And of course, if there are parts where you're like, oh, I want to do that again, that's okay. I'll edit it um, for a bit, you know, for some clarity. Um, because we've had such wonderful, delightful conversations over the, the course of over the course over the course of our our journey so i just wanted to capture some of those um conversations and moments on a pot excuse me on a podcast Okay, and also to give a heads up, my mother is home and my nephew and sister, they all do live together. So sometimes he may come in and ask his grandma, his grandma, some questions. So if the edits sound a little choppy, then, you know, we're at home in our comfort spaces. Okay, first things, mom. I want to start with basic worldly questions and then build from there so what 
kinds of challenges have you encountered as a mother from the time you welcomed your firstborn up to this point in your life? You have to unmute yourself. Um, in retrospect, looking back, you can, you could kind of count some of the things that you've gone through, but not while you're going through it, like in your early twenties and thirties. <clears throat> well, for me, maybe this generation now it's different. They kind of look back and look forward. They're a little more aware, but, um, I think the reoccurring theme was me not following that little voice in my head. It's always been there, but not following it. So when I didn't, I didn't make the connection early on that when I didn't, things wouldn't go well. Or it was a nudge to go in a different direction. And how do you, how do you find you, how do you find your relationship with that little voice now? Oh, I listen to it. I mean, there's some, sometimes, sometimes I don't, but that's rare because if that little voice comes to my head and says, no, don't do it. And then another voice comes into my head or another thought and I'm thinking about something else. I may ignore what I just heard and pay attention to what I heard after. Okay. So growing up, what was what was your spiritual foundation or spiritual background from I guess your childhood up into your your adult life after you've had your children? Um, I grew up in when I was young, we went to church. Um, it wasn't consistent, but um, I knew it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm because I had all these questions and I would listen to the preacher preach. And I'm like, um, that doesn't make sense to me. Why should I do that? But there was no one there to answer those questions. So um, I went along with the motions, but not, you know, that I knew that wasn't for me, but I just didn't know how to express it then. But as I got older, same thing, different church, different location. Um, no, no difference. It wasn't until I became <clears throat> older, like in my twenties, I met met up with a priest. I was on a college campus, and he was talking about certain things. So he was an ifa priest, and then I studied that for a little while. And as time went on. I would have questions and but yet I, I realized that I was in was in the same struggle space and I couldn't understand if you have a religion or you serve a religion why does it not serve you why do you still remain in that same struggle space mm. so you know as I got older <clears throat> I had dreams. I think one profound dream I had um, my adult life, older, older adult life, was showing me that um, what I thought was my foundation or how I stood in these worn, tattered shoes, I don't have to stand in them anymore. I can create new ones. And 
I could put many things in those places where I put my feet. So now I'm working from that space because that was my new beginning. And now it's, wow, so many things have opened up. <laughs> yeah, and I'm looking forward to uh, getting into that. <laughs> um, but let's backtrack a little bit. So with regards to your, your childhood uh, spiritual experiences, um, you mentioned growing up you know, in the church and not feeling connected. Just, just to give a slight peek for the listeners, <clears throat> how do you, do you feel that <clears throat> your identity at that time um, kind of contributed to, I guess, the, the relationship that you did or did not have to that upbringing? Or do you feel that it was more inner, um, inner, you know, more based on your inner connection and less opposed to your identity? And if you'd like to speak a little bit on how you identify and if that if that's contrasted or, or different back then as 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 opposed to now or if that has any type of relationship to your spirituality at all it doesn't have a relationship to my spirituality because i i know i'm a woman of mixed heritage but i do say woman of color and i say that because um this old adage you walk like a duck, you quack like a duck, you're a duck. <laughs> so what do I look like on the outside? Mm -hmm. People are not going to ask and make that comment. Um, <clears throat> they'll ask me, are you from here? Where are you from? Mm -hmm. But they'll know based on my tone, skin tone, where they think that I am from completely. So I just leave it at that. Okay. You know, I think if you're, you're really important to me or you and I are really going to have this important encounter, you would inquire. And if you don't inquire, that's a relationship that's just fleeting for me. It's not meaningful. So it, it's, it doesn't require, it doesn't necessitate the amount of energy to, to go into detail. No. Okay, so that's where I get it from, right? <laughs> uh, okay, no, it's quite exhausting after you explain it, and and the kind of reaction you get is, oh, okay, or instead of a real dialogue. Mm. And most of the time, you'll know who you will be able to get a dialogue out of as to those who you cannot. This is true. This is very true. Okay, so let's move forward in time to Queen's Village. Mm. And dreams. So I, I remember having a dream that in hindsight, I have a better understanding of, um, of a female figure that came in your form, but her, and her hair was just, you know, wavy out and at this point, it's, you know, uh, it was an ancestral mother, one of the mothers, pretty much. And with her hair radiating like that, it was just, it was her, her, her energy, her power. And I mistook that for you. 
And I misinterpreted the dream as you being um, slightly suffocating because I remember that was a time where I was trying to figure out what to do. I had just graduated from FAU. And I remember posting how I felt about it and I hadn't realized that you were looking over my shoulder. And um, that was, you know, that was the point where we had parted ways for, was it a couple of months or a week or a month or something where you had asked me to leave because you had, you had read it. And I only bring this up because at that point, that's when I became really adamant with regards to listening to my dreams. And I remember you insisting, you know, you and your ex, you know, ex-husband, like it's insisting that I get a, I get a job and I help out. And I was like, no, I need to listen to these dreams because they're very important. And so, you know, you felt hurt by what you read. And I was kind of hurt because you couldn't understand the importance of dreams at that time. And neither could I, but I just knew that they were very valuable, important. So my question for you, if you'd like to answer is, at that time, where was your relationship with regards to dreams, their importance, and um, being in the world, needing to do things in the world to, you know, to survive, so to speak? Where was your relationship with that? Um, well, I always took an interest in dreams. It's just, mm-hmm. did I know then that those dreams or a lot of those dreams or prophecies of the future or they're a continuation of some agreements we made prior to coming here? I wasn't thinking that. But what I did know is that <clears throat> sleeping was my favorite time because I like to dream. <laughs> but what what I know and have experience with dreaming now is nothing compared to at that time. Yeah, nothing at that time. So of course I got those thoughts and processes. If if I knew then what I know now. Um, I think all my kids would go to go away to spiritual retreats so that they can try and figure things out. And junior high school, not not now. Everybody's going through their own awakening, <clears throat> but then you can't also say, you know, everything has its own time. So maybe this is the right time. This is true. Um, because I also recall growing up, that's something you stressed, you know, listening to your dreams, listening to your Ori or our intuition, mm-hmm. um, and, and honoring nature. And, and I remember you always saying, ask permission before you pick the, you know, pick the flowers and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point, at that time, it kind of felt like I, I ran I ran away with that idea. Like I really took it to heart and everyone else kind of, you know, the rest of my siblings kind of really didn't. So, you know, at that time it was kind of like, you, you told me to pay attention to this. <laughs> 
and now you're, you know, you're upset that I am. So what I appreciate about that time that we, we parted ways, you know, for a small amount of time is that, you know, when you asked me to come back, you know, come back to the house, for me, it was like, I was, you know, hopeful. Yes, my mother still has, you know, there's still hope there that I can show her that dreams are very important and that I, you know, really wanted you to kind of like tap in and get as much value from it as I did. And I only think that came when you and I ended up together in a book of the tongue. Um. And then we moved to, to South Carolina. I think South that, I think that transition from Boca Raton up, um, up until we ended up, ended back up in Queens, you know, um, after I everyone was dispersed. That, um, it was a different type of awakening then. I still didn't have the knowledge. I was aware of certain things and the dreams were most definitely different, more symbolic and more vivid. But um, I guess I had to go, I had to go through the process of learning certain things so that I can look back and understand. But the things that were presented to me, a lot of them were showing me things of the future about to happen like now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I didn't know what to do with that information, how to hold it, or, or what was it? Was it just a story, or was it <clears throat> something that's about to happen, something that's going to happen that you should be aware of? I remember when we were in, it was Boca that you had an Ifa pot. And I had a, you know, a dream about the mothers wanting to knock it over. And I was, and I remember telling you that, and you said, well, that's all I have. Right. You remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, so when, when was it between that time and I think Ireland, was it when I got to Ireland that you kind of finally, you oh. know, transitioned from believing in in um in, a, in an established tradition to finally just turning inward to listening to your dreams uh, well i noticed that everything that happened to me or when i reached out for help or what have you through these traditions it didn't help me so and then it just clicked on me. Everything isn't for everybody. So even though we have established traditions in different parts that comes from different areas uh, of the continent, doesn't necessarily mean that that's for you just because you come from that continent. You know? Or because part of your ancestry comes from that continent. Right. And and not only that, I mean, different areas, different people just have different belief systems, different traditions, different customs in different parts of the continent. So you, you because you're 
your ancestry come from there and you're in a different part of the world doesn't necessarily mean that that's for you. So when we get to, when I get to Ireland and you move out of the house that we were both staying in, in Queens at the time, and we come to find that, you know, the, the dance had helped in this situation, where were your thoughts around your spirituality at that point? And where were your thoughts with regards to me being on the other side of the, of the world and, and the way in which I moved throughout the world? Um, or those countries? No, first. Mm -hmm. I, I think I was still struggling with what is it that I need to do? I still didn't have the idea or the thought to turn within, completely turn within. I, I was still questioning how, why. And um, <clears throat> the second part of the question was... What were, where were your thoughts and feelings? Oh, about moving to, all over the world. Yeah. Well, and the ways and the ways that I was guided to move because it wasn't you know it wasn't well, a random right it wasn't random but it was also frightening from my perspective because you know given with a lot of things that are going on in the world crazy crazy things and women traveling alone and then um with crazy men in the world I mean you just you wonder what you know, what's happening every time, every every day, every minute of, of, of each day. So yes, it was frightening, it wasn't comforting. It was comforting when I heard from you, as opposed to you know, when I didn't. And so even knowing how I was being guided, that, that was, that didn't take some of the edge off? Um, not really, not really. I knew it was through something bigger than yourself, but look at how you were doing it on a shoestring budget. All you have to eat, you have to find some place to lay your head. All of that stuff goes through a mother's head. It's not easy. And so we arrive just closer to this point in time. And, you know, I've, I've shared pretty much everything with you with regards to, um, you know, what's going on spiritually. And we've both reflected on how it's carried me through life and how that's affected us and our relationship family, family-wise, you know, me, you, and, and my siblings. What are your thoughts around that um, before we dive into your, I guess, your growth from 2019 up to this point? That's when I was there, when I had gotten back from, 
from the pilgrimage. What could you reflect a bit on what's been revealed to me with regards to to purpose and all all of the things that we've we've kind of discussed in the past? If you could just reflect on that. Well, with regards to your sibling, um, I think I've finally come to realize that all of you are different and how you get to your highest point or your highest self or your highest um, ascension is up to each one of you. And I, <clears throat> sometimes I wish that you all move in the same direction, but you're all not the same. You all don't have the same purpose. So I can't, I can't, I have to be careful about what I think and what I wish for and hope for for each one of you. But with regard to you following what spirit, how spirit has guided you. Um, so sometimes it's hard for me to accept because I see the struggles you're going through. But then at the same time, I see the progress that has been made. And you know, there's been times when you be like, no, I can't do this anymore. You'd be like, wait, you're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what there is, but you're, you've come a long way and you're almost there. I, you can't give up. So I think we're each other's cheerleaders. I mean, sometimes I go through the same, like, I'm tired, I'm just tired. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. It's just too stressful. So, but we keep going. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so let's dive a little bit into your, your, your unfolding. I remember in 2019 with the the pot, you know, the omphalos just coming to realizing, oh, I should, I should enshrine one. I should have one. And you went and you picked up the right one. It, you know, the energy that came from it. And we haven't, you know, I hadn't even cleansed it yet. And you brought it in. And then after it was set up and, you know, the room turned into like a sacred space where it was difficult to sleep sometimes because of all the energy. And then I went away to school. So from that point onward, what happened? What happened to the, uh, to the, to the little shrine space? It was what? It was that one. It was the one to the Sibyls and then the one to Nagakanya right before I left. I think it was those three. No, it was four before you left. What was the other one? No, Oshun. Ah, uh, whoa. But she, yeah, she was there before you left. Say again? She was there before you left. Yeah, she was. But, and I I kind of went with, I, I brought the, the basket that I had put out. And then you put something, yeah. And then you put one up. Okay, so let's talk about what happened after that, and then how? How did that? How did that happen? <laughs> so I have 
Um, Shrine has grown tremendously. Um, a lot, a lot of these have came into being through whispers to my ears. Uh, early in the morning, it'll be a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning, and I write these things down, then I try and inquire, who is this, who is that? And I'd ask you, I'd ask your sister, and then I'd search, and then I'm like, oh, another divinity. Um, a lot of them must just come to me in my dream, and, or, or through a whisper early in the morning, and, or, or a phrase, and Somehow I know that's me. It's another one. It's one you have to go and take a look and uh, connect with. So how did you know that you had to put up a shrine for them? Like they, they could have just came to you to say hi, you know? No. <laughs> I think it's who they are and what they are and the manner in which they come to you. They don't just come to you for no reason. You know, and um, they'll keep coming to you until you answer in a way that they know that you have acknowledged what they're trying to come to you and say or told to do. And sometimes it's so hard to to understand what they're trying to say because the spoken their communication system is one where they speak in phrases or they just say a word or the energy behind the word. And it'd be like this heavy dose of knowingness. You know what it is that they're trying to say to you. You can't act dumb like you don't know what it is that they're trying to say or what, what you should do. That's not how it works. So with the increase of ancestral divinities, because we both know that when a divinity comes to you, there is some sort of connection, be it um, a direct bloodline collection, uh, connection or... Um, some sort of past life connection that has to do with what you're doing, you know, in this world, in this lifetime. So with the increase in company, oh, how has that transformed your spirituality when you look back on retrospect from where you once were to where you are now and, and the potential from there? How has that trend, how has this transformed because I, I just set up, you know, the Sybils and, and the Amphilos because that's, those are who, who were speaking. And then of course, you know, with you, um, the serpents. So I kind of expected, oh, that's it, you know, but you kept, you kept up the changing of the waters and I was just like, well, she's going to keep doing it until, <laughs> until she no longer needs to. But everything just sprouted from there. So how has that changed your spirituality? Um, there's another phrase that comes to mind. They say, it comes to the spirit world. Once you start, you become a slave to spirit. But it's, it's um, when I first heard that, I took it the wrong way, I meaning outward to slave to if you think that this is this thing is something outward something that you must do as a chore it isn't it's a nourishment of yourself these are all some type of representation of me so i have to 
look at it that way. I have to take care of that part of myself. And that's, that's one way of doing it. Wow. You've not shared that with me. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. So is this, how would you impart this to the rest of your children? Yeah. With regards to, you know, understanding that having a shrine, you know, as what you just said, it doesn't mean being, it's not a negative thing with regards to being dedicated to, to the different aspects of spirit, because you're also dedicating that nourishment to yourself. So how would you impart that to the rest just, of the Just the way I said it. However, not everybody's able or ready to receive that that way. You know, they may think, like how I initially thought, it's a chore of outside of yourself. It isn't. It isn't. Every single shrine in here has helped me through something or has revealed something that has that's in, has some importance to me. Could be something physical, something mental, something just in passing, something or someone. So it's not. First of all, that a child of mine will have to be open to that. Or it could be that this is not the way that child is supposed to live. You all are different. You all are very different. You all have different ideas about different things, even this world. So what I do know is that you all are spiritual in some way. It may not be this way, the way that I am. Nice. I love having these conversations with you. It nourishes my soul. Um, so what's, with regards to the divinities that, that you are honoring, they come from different cultures or their manifest, their manifestations come from different cultures. Cause you know, ultimately spirit is spirit. And then on the other side, they, you know, they mingle, <laughs> they mingle with each other, not really uh, segregated or separate. Um, speak a little bit to that, that the divinities that you have there come from different, different parts of the world or are known to come from different parts of the world. Yeah, they have, and it, I think what it validates for me is that um, spirituality and 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 your ancestry is it's a pair; it walks hand in hand. So I believe that all these spirits or fragments or pictures of these spirits that came to me all came to me in a certain time, a certain period of my life. When I needed it, when it needed to be revealed to me at that time. So um the turning of or my turning point was back in twenty 15 or 16, when I first had, um, when, what was it? Uh, 
um, Tara mm. came to me. And the way in which she came to me, I was going to sleep. And, you know, when you're in this sleep state and then you're just drifting off and you could see you're open. You're just really entirely open. So I saw her image come from the wall, come out, look at me, and kind of back and forth so that I can see her. And at the same time for her not to startle me. So for me to realize and, and recognize who she is. That was the first where my turning point started. But even then I still didn't know but what was happening or what I was experiencing. But that's when the change started. And then the dreams even more and more. But um, there's just so many things that have happened. I, I really can't sit here <laughs> and longer, but a lot of profound things have happened. What was one of the, like, what, what was your re reaction or response when Ananki and Anuket emerged for you? Because I, those, you know, those two are, you know, one of the, or are the couple amongst several others that you have there that have not come to me. Whereas, you know, we have Ashera that has come to both of us. So, you know, speak a little bit to that with, with regards to Ananki and Anuket. I went, uh, it was on a Sunday morning and uh, the words whispered, um, it was Ananku and Ananki or something to that form, to that effect. These dreams, I've already written them down, mm -hmm. but in one ear, one word was whispered to me. And then I woke up slightly and turned over and then another was whispered to me. So I got up and I wrote them down and I called and I asked and I was like, what, what does this mean? Have you ever heard this before? And then I went online and I looked it up and then I saw exactly who they were. But one of them was based on um, Greek mythology. But um, I still dig it, dug a little deeper and then I asked you and then I just found some pictures of what I thought and you can't look like or pictures what that resonated with me. So I had that printed out and uh, set up the shrine for her. And then a monkey, I painted a picture with what um, I thought her abode would be and um, one night I had a dream I was on my knees praying to her and she pulled me in and of course it was nothing but darkness that I could see it was it was in the universe and she said um, I was on my knees and then I looked up I could see even though it was dark, I could see her darkness, see her presence there. And she said to me, what do you see? 
I said, fasting, darkness, nothing yet, everything. She said, yes. <laughs> and, and she said uh, to me, I want what you want. So meaning everything out there, I want it, she wants it. And also she has it, so I can have it as well. That's how I took it because she's in charge of everything that nothing. So the area was so, so vast. And um, later on, I think I had another dream about her and um, she whispered a, a hearable word to me. And I was like, what? Hi. And so that Odu also represents balance, nothing, yet everything. And I was like, I was wondering why. And then I realized, I said, and I realized spirits speak to you in a language that you already understand or you have some knowledge of. And so I guess that was her message to me because she knew I had a little bit of knowledge about that. And she knew that I knew a little bit about that. Oh, do not a lot, but a little bit. So she was able to. So I guess a lot of Yoruba's Odu's are so deep. So I guess she wanted me to know that what she was saying to me had depth to it, not necessarily that I'm to go to that and listen to that. But yeah, that's... That brings me to my next two questions. One, how do you interpret your dreams? Do you interpret it, interpret them literally or symbolically? Do you hold space for both? And how, how has our relationship been impacted by our almost daily dream sharing? Um, well, I hold space for both when it comes to uh, interpreting dreams because the dreams could be nothing but symbol. And then the dream could be exact conversation like you should do this you should do that or it could be a moving play a movie playing out to let you know what's happening or a dream could be that you actually went somewhere and witnessed something and those uh i kind of enjoy the most <laughs> but uh, for the most part when I interpret dreams, it's based on what certain things mean to me or how I was born, uh, raised. Or I used to share my dreams a lot with my grandfather because he used to prophesy a lot of things as well. So a lot of some of how he interprets some things is how I interpret some things. But um, if I don't understand something, then I always come to you and ask you what you think about this or what does that mean? Because especially if it doesn't resonate with me or something that I'm just being shown something new or a new way of interpreting something, then I'll come and ask. 
What's what what is that like to turn to one of your children um, to seek some guidance with regards to? to well, there's dream? a lot of things that you know about that I don't, and and frankly, sometimes I I wouldn't know where to start as far as researching certain things because I I haven't had that experience or I, or it's just now I'm showing itself to me. It just now become I'm just now becoming aware of something new, something that you already had knowledge of. So like I was saying, everybody has, has their own different path and and they reach their destination or or they go about their journey on their own time and at their own pace. So I mean there's a lot of things that I think we have in common. A lot of experiences that we had are the same, but um, yeah, they're a little different. They're not gonna have the same experiences as as us. Does that have an impact on your relationships with your with your children, in negatively or in in ways that seem stressful to you? Um. It's not negative. It's just different. Um, you and I, when we have a conversation about that, it's familiar. And because a lot of our experiences are the same, but for them, it's different and it's new for them because sometimes they don't know how they feel about a certain dream because they don't know what whatever that dream was about, how how they relate to it. So it's like, showing them something new, something different. But of course, they still have to come to the same conclusion. How does, what does that mean to me? How can I utilize this with that meaning? Does it resonate with me? So it's different. Okay. So knowing that with regards to me being a, a priestess of this reemerging uh, lineage or a tradition. What you may have touched on it a little earlier. What are your your thoughts around that? With you know, there's but so much we both can publicly speak about surrounding that. But what are your 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 thoughts and your feelings towards that aspect of? my purpose and journey. I, from a selfish standpoint, I, and a mother standpoint, I think that too much was asked of me, but I understand the importance of it. And it's Achilles rapping in the background. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you know, some people would say, oh, this is what we agreed to. And then other people would say, yeah, that's not, that's not fair at all. What, what's your take on that, on those two notions? Well, um, well, I responded when I said that it is, from a selfish standpoint, 
how I felt. But I mean, I do understand that we make our choices beforehand. However, it's so much easier for a person, a mother and, and a child, from the beginning to have these understandings and the concept of purpose and why you're here. It's harder to get to that point as you're an adult when you have so much instilled in you that you, you it's hard for you to think about that when you already have these other thoughts and purposes and ideals already ingrained in you. It's hard. It's hard to get to that point because sometimes we know when, when you're looking to fulfill your purpose, a lot of it is done in struggle because it's hard to do that wholeheartedly and then have a whole life eight hours a day given to somebody else and then you only have a few hours when you get home. By the time you get home, you're tired. When do you have that time to work on your purpose? So it's best to get that, that, that direction when you're young. You know, if I knew that things like this, that life is supposed to really supposed to exist like that while you're here when I was younger, then I would have been able to pass that on to my children. Yeah, well, like how I always like to say, where would I be if you gave me up for adoption? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, really, what, what was going through your head that day? When I thought about it? Yeah. I, I think it was more fear that I couldn't take care of a child and take care of myself at the time. That it would really be too hard. And then you had your mother and your grandmother kind of volunteer to do yeah, it. Both, yeah, but I didn't give them either permission to do to do that. So was that what was that part of what caused you to change your mind to say, you know what, I'll just do it? I think I thought about it. I had the papers and I was thinking about it really hard. And then I was like, I'll make my decision in the morning. I'll sleep on it and make my decision in the morning. And I think what went through my head was, I don't want to be that person when I get older and, and I have to look for her because I, I wonder what happened who she came, what is what she's doing, what happened. So you you uh, decided to honor the contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Guess I said no, you can't do that. And here we are. Mm -hmm. Like you put a big wrench in everything, you did that. Well, you know, like how you said in the beginning, everything happens in its own time. And, you know, it's 
on my part is just gratitude that you that you listened that you listened to that and you were just like I'm just gonna do it I'm just gonna do it despite being a 19 year old mm-hmm. Let's see 19. 19 was my first time at sex, so. <laughs> you cut that out. <laughs> I think I'm going to leave that in. <laughs> Me at 19 and a, and a child? Where was I at 19? Mm-mm. I don't think I'd have been able to handle that. Besides, my mind was way inside, you know, inside myself dream-wise and whatnot and besides it wasn't meant to happen so mm-hmm. there we have that um lastly can you speak a little bit to the qualities of you know and dreams with regards to your ancestors compared to dreams to the ancestral divinities? Um, I'm not sure if there's really much of a difference. I'm trying to think about a time where one of them came to me and how the others come to me. The divinities come to me with caution. Like when they when they present themselves to me in a dream, I might hear a bell first to warn me, or um, there'd be some kind of shift in a dream where there's quietness or maybe I'll see like flash of darkness or flash of light first and I know it's it's a divinity coming to me so I'll get something in the dream to let me know that this is different that this is something you have to really pay attention to and the ancestors are a little different um, either they'll take me to a space to a familiar space or they'll just show themselves and um, start talking. Does that differ from, you know, just dreams where you're just like, what was that? That <laughs> that kind of just doesn't feel like has any larger meaning to it? Um, I would say no, no. It's, it's really hard to describe. It really is because you're just taken to a space. It's another space that you're taken to and then you just be ready for whatever it is that comes to you. You know, you're sucked into a, head, a different head space. To me, a factory comes into mind. You're sucked into a space and then all these things are shown to you and then you go on to another space and then maybe you have another dream or maybe you go into some sleep and then you go to another space and then you, you awaken. 
the next morning. So it's, it's just different for me. How is it different? Is it different for you? Different types of dreams you will have? Well, you know, if it's a, if it's an ancestral dream with regards to the divinities, I could just be having a, a dream that's like reviewing how I feel about a situation. And then it's like a movie screen that comes down when the ancestral divinities want to talk. And it, it, it kind of interrupts the stream of the dream before they will give their teaching and then the previous dream will continue on from that. And it's like, wait, what did they just, Oh, I should, uh, how am I going to remember that? Cause then I'm, I'm like watching two dreams at once in a sense. Um, and then of course you have the, the dreams where, you know, you would ask, what did you watch the night before? Or what did you eat? <laughs> and it's like, I don't know what that dream is about. So yeah, it's, I mean, at this point I've, I've been able to distinguish, oh, that was an ancestral dream or that was, you know, a prophetic dream or something revelatory. That was just a lucid dream or something that's, you know, oh, this is what's going on in my life right now. And that was just being helpful. Yeah, that's, that sometimes is a motivating factor. The synchronicities. Or you've been shown during the day. You may be shown a number, or or some little incident may play out in front of you. And then when you go to bed at night, then they will expand on it. Was it that you just you know encountered? So, do you feel that your dreams have kind of just revealed to you the multi-dimensional aspect of your existence? you know, that it transcends the body that you're in because it, you come to me with, with a lot of number dreams, you know, it, it's like your spirit in essence sounds like it's just multidimensional with just so many different ways that the universe communicates to you. So is that something that you find prominent in your experiences? Yeah. And for the most part, it's confusing. I never know who I am to give the most time to, what aspect of myself, and how do I give each and every one of them the time that they need to develop? How do I do that? I mean, it's hard sometimes. So what I just do is I come here, ring the singing bowl, and I just sit here and, you know, absorb whichever one, whatever. And I don't know. It's just hard to, to figure out who do you give your time to. I mean, they all represent you, but how do you give all of those parts of you what it needs? growth so you see well in seeing the multiplicity of the shrines as connecting to the very you know multiplicity the multiple aspects of yourself where does that put you with regards to purpose um i think 
they all are connected to the elements. That's the easiest way for me to put it all in perspective. Because they are all connected to the elements in some way or another. So I guess the, the main way is that's how I connect to them, through the elements. How does that how does that help you understand your purpose? Um, I know my purpose has to do with healing, and you utilize all of these elements into healing, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's my same way of of being able to deal with my purpose because. I don't know how each and every one of them in here, how do I get the knowledge of each and every one of them in one lifetime? I mean, I am probably halfway through my lifetime. I don't know. So how do I do that in another 50 years? There's a lot. And then I don't know how many more is there to come. <laughs> I was just about to say, <laughs> I was about to ask you, are there any more? <laughs> I mean, I was just introduced to another ancestor that I never met in my life. Oh, yeah, the healer. Yeah. So, um, is she helping me with healing? No. What, 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 what more is there to come? <laughs> well, you know, you you get you gather all the elements so it's like baking right you gather all the ingredients before you start baking like you need to do that first right mm -hmm. so you've gathered the majority or i should i shouldn't say majority because we don't know if this is the majority but you've gathered the ne the necessary elements at this point and and then the healer comes to you so yeah. You know, as they say, when the student is ready, the teacher shall, you know, reveal her himself. So we have that. So you have that. And that's something I'm looking forward to, you know, hearing about what you're taught with, with you know, with regards to what you can share and how you're taught, you know, because everybody's taught differently. Mm -hmm. So... You know, you have that and it's almost like around the same timing with, with regards to the healer that's come through for me and with her wanting to teach. Yeah, it is. That's, that's what's fascinating about this is like um, we're going through, I, everybody's gone. I could see each one of my children going through a transformation at, at some, at this time. However, ours is so much more parallel and similar that that sometimes is scary <laughs> scary how but tricky you're like what you're doing the same thing what <laughs> well you know you you're you are a reiki healer you know you've you've gone through the you know the attunements and and whatnot 
And uh, I can't say that I wouldn't call what I do Reiki, um, it, but it's healing in a very different way. Mm-hmm. But you started, you know, with take you started to take action with regards to establishing what spirit wants you to establish, and mm-hmm. then lo and behold, you know, in the middle of a reading an ancestress comes through and she's like i i need to teach her how to do laying of the hands and it's like whoa (laughs) you know there and then there's that so it's like oh mom guess what you know and i'm i'm apprenticing and you're like wow that's great and then you you're like hey guess what (laughs) what does that mean i'm like she sounds like a healer And then what I love about these experiences is that, you know, you call a family member and you ask about, you know, you ask, did we have, was there, you know, a woman that was into healing? And what did you come back with? He said um, that would have been his, his grandmother was my great grandmother. And I asked him about her and he said, yes. She, she used to go in the back of the woods and pick up certain brushes and bushes and, and roots and, and she would boil them and, and have them as medicine to help, help every, everybody. And I said, well, she, was she a healer for the community? He said, I don't know if she actually did it on a full scale, but if somebody came to her for something, she would give it to them. So I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I know that it's for me and she validates that just because simply we've never met. And how did I know she was my grandmother? And I mean, even though she came to me and she was younger, and she came to me in, in, in a white dress, and to me, when ancestors, female ancestors come in white, they know they are ancestors. And she's she was a woman of little words, but <laughs> it was her. That's, the, that's what I love about our dreamy experiences it's you know it's not imaginal in the sense that it's just not in our it's not in our heads pretty much mm-hmm. and you know we either reach out to extended family which is what you've done or we go dive into you know scholarship and archives which is what I do and we find that oh this is a thing you know and I think for me I know for me and perhaps even for you too that that that's part of what keeps the momentum going. It's like, okay, this is like really leading more me and more validation, right? You know, to keep you going, you know, so you know it's not all in your head. And it's comforting for me because it just further validates I don't have to go to this church or this priestess hood because that's not what that's not what I've been shown, you know, and if if the ways that of validating for me have helped, then 
then I know that, okay, this is, this is this is how it's working. The spirit is appreciating that I'm going to archives, that I'm going to archives to to um, to validate or to further understand what it is that I am experiencing. So, you know, it's that's that's just what I I know I deeply appreciate. So, I, which I'm certain. It's something that you also kind of, you know, find comforting that you can ask extended family to validate something. They're like, oh, yeah. And you're like, yes. <laughs> you're like, yes, it's not. I'm not going crazy. Right. You know, there truly is something bigger here that you have to finish or accomplish or go through. Well, I, and I tell you this often, I am grateful. I'm happy, you know, and grateful that you are my mom. Um, you know, I know sometimes you question if if you've done things right or if, you know, you could have done things better. And it's like, I appreciate where I am. And half of that is because of you. You know, the support that you've offered, you know, the tough love as well, because you've kind of, you would explain the tough love. <laughs> you didn't just do it. Um, know why your hanger is in the, in the closet. I still can't believe you made us watch that movie when we were young. <laughs> Could have waited until we got to high school. But the point, the point is, um, I am deeply grateful to have you as my mother. And, you know, if we're talking about we plan these things before we come, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, that this choice was made. You know, minus the whole struggle thing, but maybe there's some sort of divine design behind that. But still, I don't think I could ever get behind <laughs> behind the, the concept of struggle. Um, but you've you're you know you're you're the best mom that I could think of. You know, of having. So, thank you, mom. You're welcome. You're and um, I am looking forward to, you know, how how things unfold for the both of us, you know, but also with what's going on now in my life and, you know, the smile on your face. I'm just, I'm looking forward to, to seeing how that transforms or enhances your, your spirituality as well, because you know, there's, you know, this flow, this mixture of influence between the two of us and how that's trickled down to um, how you've shared that or how you've turned and used that to help nurture my siblings and my nephew, your grandson, you know, so it's, yeah, you're just, you're just a wonderful, wonderful spiritual being and I love you lots. I love you to bits. Thank you. 
So with that, I am going to end this podcast. It will most likely be broken up into maybe two, depending upon how long the, um, the recording is. And once it's live, I can send you the link so you can listen to it. That being said, I'd like to thank my mother. Thank you, mom, for being here, for taking the time out to have this chat. Um, and hopefully this answers, you know, some of the questions that I've been asked over the past decade uh, with regards to my mother and, you know, her relationship, her experiences with this. That being said, if you have any questions, send me an email, dia at cosmogenia.com. That's D-I-Y-A at C-O-S-M-O-G-E-N-I-A.com. And once my website, uh, my blog is published, it will be at www.danuelishmar.com. That's D-A-N-U-E-L-I-S-H-M-A-R.com. With that, I bid you farewell. Until next time.